Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's also heard every Saturday at 4 p.m. That's sort of a rebroadcast of the show on itmnation.com out of Concord, New Hampshire. And uh, the show is brought to you by Camp Constitution which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. Our next camp will be at the um, Nippy Christian Retreat Center in Ringe, New Hampshire, which is in the southwest corner of the state, Cheshire County. And it will run from July 10th to the 17th. We're lining up some great speakers. Chris Ann Hall, this is Chris Ann Hall, will be returning. This will be her third time at our camp. And we have uh, people like the Patriot Pastor Garrett Lear, who's been a regular host, a regular guest on the show. And we're also trying to get some confirmations of a couple of other uh, potential speakers and instructors at the camp, and we'll announce that as soon as we can. Uh, And today I want to um, talk about a a few things that are in the news. And I did invite my good friend Dan McGonagall on at a very short notice. Hopefully he'll be able to call in. But before I do, I just um, uh, I mentioned uh, our late friend Sam Blumenfeld, the author of uh, over a dozen books that deal with education and the corruption of our country through the educational system. His last book was Crimes of the Educators, which he co-authored with Alex Newman. And Sam had donated, or I should say that he uh, bequested his library to me and I should say more so Camp Constitution than me specifically. And I've uh, he passed away June 1st, and um, I took possession along with uh, my good friend Bill McNally, who was the head of the Sam Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation. We took possession at Sam's request prior to Sam passing. He had the material, a lot, a lot of it stored in two bins, storage bins, and that's his apartment that we had to vacate. Um, he was in a, sort of a, he was living in a friend's home in a hospice type situation. Anyway, there was well over 200 boxes, and it was a lot of uh, work, but it was actually a lot of fun going through his writings and his. Um, and he he did suggest that most of the books that were you know books that he didn't write, and some that he did that we sell uh, on Amazon or sell to raise funds for the camp. And we've been doing that right along. If uh, you go to Swamp Yankee Books, that's the Camp Constitution book um, on Amazon, you'll find a lot of the things. Some of them have been autographed by people who knew Sam. And uh, we've been archiving a lot of his writings as well as his speeches on Camp Constitution's website, campconstitution.net. And you will see a, uh, a button or, um, uh, when you get to the website. It will say Sam Blumenfeld Archives. And that's 
been made possible by two special people, Eric, um, our webmaster, and there's information about his services. If you go to Camp Sponsors, you'll see his, uh, and he does a phenomenal job, and Mark Affleck, who uh, was at camp last year, and I've known Mark for many, many years. Mark is uh, the PDF king. He he scans in many of these um, these articles and books and reprints and makes them available. He also will take the cassettes and even the reel-to-reel, the old reel-to-reel um, tape that we have, a few of Sam's speeches he made, as well as the VHS videos. And Sam spoke in all 50 states. He spoke in China. He spoke in New Zealand, Canada, Australia. And a lot of these uh, correspondence he had from some of these leaders in different parts of the world, different parts of the country, all over the United States. Uh, I think it's pretty rich history. And uh, the speeches he made, a lot of radio shows. So it's a, it's a, it's a slow process. But what I do is I sort of go through it. And I've been uploading some things. I have limited scanning abilities, uh, unlike Mark. It will take me a month to do what he does in half a day. Um, but we're finding a lot of letters, um, and some of them are quite rare, I think. Uh, he had a, a few letters from the former head of Gatanga, Mose Shombe, who was uh, kidnapped and murdered by the Algerian thugs. Uh, Sam became friends with him, as Sam was the one of the founders of the American Friends of Gatanga. And a lot of that material from that organization um, is, has been put into PDF file for the, probably for the first time ever and available nowhere else. Some really rich history. Also, Friends of Algeria and some correspondence he had with many leaders uh, from, those two, from those groups as well, including Sean Bay. In fact, uh, Sam interviewed, uh, went, out, went to Madrid, Spain in 1964 where Sean Bay was living in exile and he um, interviewed him, and I found, not only did I find the original, uh, Sam, he didn't, uh, I don't think he did shorthand, he would just take a lot of notes in longhand and then transcribe it into a type format. So I have the notebook with the, the questions and the answers as well as the uh, type transcript, which I don't think was published. There was also a few articles, I, well, a lot of the things on the site have not been published anywhere, uh, and some of them have been published in various places. He uh, did a newsletter, a monthly newsletter, for about 12 years, maybe 15 years, uh, the education report. I think it was two versions. He did one for a number of years, and then he changed publishers, So there was, uh, and that went on for a few years. All of those are archived, and i tell you how vital and important some of these things are. Last month, we're talking early, early December, well, actually November, uh, a man named Mark Tucker is speaking at the uh, New Hampshire State House, uh, invited by uh, a few Republicans and a few Democrats. Now, most people hear the name Mark Tucker; they don't really doesn't really ring a bell. It's M A R C. By 1996, I think it was the December 1996 newsletter. Sam wrote an or uh, dedicated to him. Who is Mark Tucker? He exposed him for the uh, elitist fraud that he is. That he's basically uh, a longtime um, supporter of international education, a total takeover of the federal uh, of education by the federal government. And well, when we got win, thanks to a Common Core opponent, Anne Marie Banfield, who did a little story about it, when and she knew who this guy was. Anyway, um, we were able to uh, get up there, and uh, we had Dr. Duke Pesta, who was a guest on the show not too long ago. 
and we reprinted that newsletter and we were able to pass them out to all of the attendees as well as give one to Mark Tucker himself. So it's almost like Sam is uh, he's, he's, uh, he's speaking from the grave, I should say, we should say. And we, uh, I, I'm of the opinion that his work will go on for, for generations to come. In fact, we hope that people will know more of him in the next 10 to 15 years than they did while he was alive. Uh, Sam has a very interesting uh, history and background. He was, he was, his parents were Polish immigrants, Jewish Polish immigrants. Two of his, uh, one of his siblings was born here along with Sam, but the other siblings were born in Poland. He was, I think, he was the next to youngest. He was born in 1926, of my memory serves me right. And he had nothing but love for the United States. He was probably more of a liberal Democrat in those days, or a Democrat. The term liberal Democrat really wasn't. Um, too too well expressed. Uh, so he was a liberal in some respects, but he had just a great love for the United States. And um, he, he went to schools in the Bronx. He lived in a tenement. The dad was a push cart, uh, fruit peddler, salesman, uh, fruit peddler, what have you. But he let Sam worked hard working with his dad. And uh, he was a World War II veteran. And he went on to college and went back to Europe. Uh, he was, spent time in Italy from March 1945 the end of the war and had some very interesting experiences there. He was in a uh, artillery unit and saw some action. And you see Sam was a very scholarly man uh, on the, on the uh, short side. You just couldn't see him uh, uh, with, a, with a projectile in his hand uh, loading it on a, uh, a 102, so whatever, whatever he used. But anyway, that's what he did. And Anyway, he uh, and he, I, I found a couple of interesting articles which I don't think were published, but I'm sure Sam would love to see that get out. He by 1958, oh, oh he I, I, back up a little bit. He got into the publishing business. He worked for several publishing companies, including Grosset and Dunlap, and got to know a lot of writers in the intellectual intellectual elite of New York. Some conservative, some liberal. And he had correspondence with uh, folks like Ayn Rand. He knew Ayn Rand personally. Somewhere, uh, he did have several letters uh, from James Baldwin that were handwritten, but I could not find them, unfortunately. And <clears throat> some manuscripts were sent to him. Of uh, And there was a lot of people who became well-known that weren't too well-known then. But um, in his article that we have not published yet, it's a very brief article on becoming a Christian, I think he called it, he uh, said that by 1958, after his dad passed away, that he became an atheist. He said he was a sad atheist, a reluctant atheist. He wasn't um, uh, you know, a real militant one. And because he was, uh, his publishing company was going to publish a book written by a woman that influenced Onran, and she, this woman, I name forget the the name slips my uh, my memory here, but Rand knew her very well, and he got a hold of Anne Rand and asked if she would write the foreword to the book. And he explained that uh, when he met her, he let her know he was an atheist, but he said he was a reluctant atheist and a sad one. Not, and she was just the opposite. She was a militant atheist, a hateful, nobody believe in God, you're a moron, you're an idiot, and so forth. That, that was her belief. And Sam could never embrace that. But... Um, by the uh, by, the late 60s and early 70s, he was operating. He spent some time working for the John Birch Society, and it's a publication, the Re- Re- Review of the News, and was very well received by people that wrote his that read his materials. Anyway, he started his own. He was published. Um, he published a book um, with Who Shall Tutor, 
uh, and it was very well received. And, and then he was doing some more research on education, the history of education in the United States. And that's when he started finding out about the pilgrims and the Puritans and their Calvinist roots and how important the faith was. And he was led to read the writings of uh, John Calvin, the famous um, Reformation leader. And that's when he became a Christian. And uh, you know, I think it's uh, quite a testimony to a man, an intellectual uh, atheist Jew, who uh, was just so uh, was just so impressed by the scholarship of this of the brilliant John Calvin. And uh, and uh, John Calvin didn't write little pamphlets and little Bible tracts. He wrote uh, the Institute of Biblical Law, the Institutes. It was like a 1,500-page book, and it was heavy reading. So uh, anyway, I'm just glad to be able to make this available and uh, I thank uh, Eric and um, Eric and Mark Affleck for making this possible and helping and and we also got El- Sam's Alphaphonics and his Alphaphonics um, was really I think his most important work teaching a few generations how to read phonetically and we made it available in PDF format and thanks to Bill McNally uh, who videotaped Sam's 128 lessons, all short lessons uh, in the book, and that's all available in video and audio plus the PDF. So you can actually teach people how to read or teach yourself how to read. If you've been a victim of the look-save method, you can start from scratch. And Sam did a lot of remediation. He taught a lot of adults who were functionally illiterate how to read. And on top of that, he said he used to hate a Down syndrome student and he was able to teach a Down syndrome how to read phonetically. So anyway, I really hope that people can um, just appreciate what he did and start uh, you know, get to the website, Sam Bloomfield Archives. Now, on this other half of the show, by the way, this show was heard on WBCQ The Planet. Um, WBCQ's shortwave, it uh, airs out of Monticello, Maine, up in the Arista County, which I get up to, and I hope to be up there in February of this year, and I usually get up there three or four times a year, and I got a chance to meet our, I got a chance to meet our great board man there, um, Robert, who has um, come to a few of our functions I was involved in. He does a phenomenal job. But a couple of things in the in the news today besides uh, wild card football, uh, the Article 5 convention, which is rearing its ugly head again, um, uh, the Texas, governor of Texas came out and called for one, and he's saying that we're going to be, we need to rein Obama in with an Article 5 convention. Well, I got news for you, Gov. I said, even if that were to happen, by the time this convention's called, Obama will no longer be president. You rein big government in, you don't do it with an Article 5 convention. In fact, that's the last thing you want to do, Gov. What you want to do is nullify and say we will not enforce unconstitutional laws and we're not going to take the federal money. So we'll give the money back that you gave us for all of the education, for the highways, uh, and all these other things. We're not going there. And it's interesting, too. You think this Texas governor would learn, you know, here he is, uh, you know, where most of the illegal aliens are coming through and the federal government is not willing to, to obey the laws. The Justice Department will not enforce the laws so all of a sudden, you have a bunch of, he's got nine amendments he's proposing, and that's going to get every, that's going to scare Obama to death. Obama and his Justice Department will say, oh my goodness, they're going to have new amendments. 
oh, heavens, we are in trouble. We better not have a convention because we're going to lose our authority. We're going to be powerless. It's nonsense. And it just shows how gullible um, these good patriots are when they fall for this nonsense. Uh, these neocons, by the way, they must be laughing themselves silly when they, when they do their, when they write their books and get on these radio shows and sound like they're really hard, really conservatives, and they're really, real good patriots and so forth. And they turn around, they get another book out at $35, $40 a pop, nothing but fluff, and, uh, and people fall for it. They fall for it. Most people, most Americans have never heard of Article 5, well, if they have, they never really looked into it. Oh, but they hear Mark Levin mention it. And boy, if you oppose Mark Levin, he'll call you names, you see. And a lot of vicious name-calling that they've been engaged in, ugly things, and even threats. You know, we're going we're gonna to run you out of politics if you don't buy, buy into this. Yeah, and they, they don't tell you, by the way, they won't tell you. When they testify, they'll say, nothing to worry about. Even if there's a bad amendment that's proposed, Three-fourths of the states, state legislators won't do it. They're all, most of them are Republicans. We've got nothing to worry about, really. Like the Republicans, like Mark Huckabee, who's an Article 5 supporter that embraces Common Core, or Jeb Bush that supports Common Core, or John Kasich that supports Common Core, governor of Ohio. In fact, the National Governors Association that has the, um, that has the copyright to Common Core is pushing an Article 5. So why should we be surprised when a governor is uh, pushing an Article 5 convention. Their, their association is behind it. Yeah. Tell them to stop Common Core before you get a convention. Why don't you just say no to Common Core? Oh, no, they don't want to touch that. Or say no to Agenda 21. And actually, in Texas, thankfully, there is a, some move to, to repeal Agenda 21. All these Republican governors are in, um, you know, right in the tank with the uh, big government. Uh, not just say all of them, but most of them. You see, I'm in Massachusetts. Uh, Charlie Baker, oh, Charlie came out, uh, oh, yeah, we're, we're not going to have all these Syrians, uh, these Muslims, we're no, oh, we're, and then all of a sudden, well, I've been thinking about it. Yeah, he probably got a phone call and said, hey, Gov, you're going to take them or you're going to lose a couple of billion dollars for your highway money, you see. So these states are up to their eyeballs in it. And if these, these people don't get on the ball, we're going to lose our freedom. And if you think having an Article 5 convention with unknown delegates, with people who despise the Constitution, neocons, the Chris Christie types. In fact, it was Alan, Alan Keyes, whom I hope to have on the show sometime soon, uh, was said to a supporter of an Article 5 convention. He said, how are you going to control the Romney faction? He said, in the Bush faction, the Chris Christie faction, those people hate the Constitution. They hate the Ninth and Tenth. They're embarrassed about the Ninth and Tenth Amendment and the Second Amendment. And you think you're going to have your amendments go through? You know, these people compromise. Oh, sure, we'll back that amendment, but you have to back our amendment. You know, the amendment that's going to uh, do away with the First Amendment, uh, this corporate, this corporate personhood stuff that Wolfpack is pushing. Or, yes, we're going to have the federal government fund elections. How's that one? Yeah, and you tell you what, we'll support your balanced budget one that they know will not balance the budget, that will not, they will not cut taxes of the size of government. That's why they have no trouble with that. That's, it's interesting, too. These progressive types, they, won't, they don't mind working with you. They'll be happy to work. They'll, they'll cross the aisle when it comes to Article 5, but the minute an Article 5 convention is called, they will bite you. They, will, they hate you probably more so than they hate those who oppose an Article 5 convention. It's just amazing. 
uh, Mark Meckler, who's the founder of the Convention of States. I mean, it's just so obvious if you look. He's hobnobbing with people like Van Jones, this group called Living Room Conversations. Go on the, go on the web and put in livingroomconversations.org. You'll see a little video, and it has Mark Meckler, and it has um, other these leftists all holding hands and singing kumbaya. We have so much in common. We have common ground. That's the Delphi technique. Yeah, I may have common ground with people. Yeah, we both like we both like uh, raisin bread, or we like our eggs over medium. But when it comes to politics and morality and freedom, we have nothing in common with these people. Nothing whatsoever. And as soon as they have this convention, they will bite you. They will kick you out. You'll be on the outside looking in, and they will vilify you, just like it happened in New Hampshire. Um, these folks, you know, let's cross the aisle. Yeah, we have. We'll fight the Real ID Act, but. It, and that's all well and good. But as soon as when it comes to Second Amendment issues or right to keep bare arms, they don't want to touch that. And when these freedom people got, got uh, lost their election bid, oh, the vilification was pretty nasty, basically saying, yeah, you, sayonara, you right-wing fanatics, you wackos, you what have you. So they want it, – it, these folks who think you can – common cause with the people who want nothing to do with, nothing to do with liberty and freedom – you're making a big mistake. It's called the Delphi technique, and it's been perfected by the so-called progressive. They spend billions of dollars doing this, and the people fall for it. Oh, we're going to sing kumbaya as we write write new amendments to to, to the Constitution. And, uh, and there's some people that should know better, but they get so caught up in this. Well, they say, well, it's better than doing nothing. It's better than nothing. Really. That argument was used during the Nixon administration when he had the wage and price control. Well, at least he's doing something. Yeah, he's doing something. He's making matters worse. You know, there was a fire. Uh, to do something would be put the fire out, maybe get some uh, some water or some kind of uh, get a fire extinguisher or do something or contain it. But what they want to do, they want to throw gasoline on it. Well, at least we're doing something. Yeah, throwing gasoline on a fire isn't going to make it any better or put it out. So... Um, and let's say also there was an issue, the issue in Oregon with uh, the, the media, and it's really ridiculous to see this. The media is, oh, the militia, Ohio militia, or the Oregon militia did this. They're taking over the building. They're doing it. Folks, there is no Oregon militia. This is a group of private citizens, and I can sympathize with them to some extent, uh, and I haven't read, read all the details, but I, and again, I can agree with their sentiment, but they are not a militia. So stop calling them a militia. Okay, a militia is something that's sanctioned by the state. It's constitutional under Article One uh, of the Constitution uh, that the, the governors, that, that the members of the militia are answerable to the governor, and they're to enforce the constitutional laws of the Constitution. And that's not what's happening. I wish there were a militia in Oregon that would uh, simply tell the feds to get out or those who are usurping their authority, but that's not what's happening. They're good people, uh, but they are not a militia. Uh, that doesn't mean they couldn't be part of a militia, but it's a private entity and it's not a militia. And I was going to uh, try to get my good friend Dan McGonagall to discuss that, and he's uh, sort of a, an expert on the subject. So um, he's been a guest, Edwin Vieira, was also been also a guest on the show. Oh, I wanted to mention too that um, 
as I'm going through, as I was going through Sam Blumenfeld's material, and I think I've just got one box to go through. Just about finished. Uh, it was, uh, and I, I don't want to be too hasty with it because uh, there might be some gems in there, and I don't want to miss them. But I found a uh, an interview that Edwin Vieira did with the late Otto Scott in the '93 and '94 on federal uh, usurpation. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that that may already be on YouTube. Uh, somewhere, Otto Scott. He had a a cable a, a show called Compass, I think it was. I don't know if it was a local show or he just interviewed people and then made the the the, uh, the VHS is available. So uh, it could be. I'm going to see if it's on um, if it's on YouTube or Vimeo. There's also uh, an essay that he wrote, uh, Edwin Vieira. He was uh, he took a pro-life defense. Uh, he was uh, criticizing the uh, anarcho-libertarian. Uh, Murray Rothbard and two others who were very pro-abortion, and uh, it was about a 10-page um, article. And it may—I don't know if it was published anywhere or not, but I'm going to see if it wasn't. I'll, I'll get Ed to try to get anyone's permission to uh, make it available as well. So, so again, um, we we talked we talked a lot. We've talked a lot about the Oracle Five Convention. I think it was our very first show back uh, last January, and. Uh, we had Edwin Vieira on to talk about it, and I had uh, Publius Hulda on just a few weeks ago, and uh, it's something I've discussed it. I did uh, actually several shows on that specifically. If you go to YouTube, you'll see some of those uh, shows. I think back in June or July, uh, it was called "Men: The Men Behind or The People Behind an Article Five Convention." So I've got, and what I'll do is the uh, you see, you know, of course, you'll hear the audio, but I've got a lot of the photos screenshots of Mark Meckler with Van Jones and I've got screenshots of quotes by some of these people and some documents there so it's uh, and if anybody is interested in this issue uh, please call me directly um, my number in uh, Boston is 857-498-1309 I'm on Facebook. There's a Camp Constitution Facebook page. You can uh, reach me there. You can also go to a, another Facebook page called Stop the Constitutional Convention. Now, there's two pages with the same identical name. Uh, one of them is all uppercase. That group is based out of Utah, and um, so that deals with sort of uh, Utah-type legislation. But uh, the one that I'm involved in um, is Stop the Constitutional Convention and it's um, you'll see upper and lower case uh, right now. So, and I'll be happy to su- supply you with resources, put you in touch with people. If you're living in the continental United oh, the 50 states, uh, and interested in the status of your state and want to contact people, I can do that. Uh, you know, I've got resources. I, I know I've got. If I don't know them personally, I can know people who do know people in all 50 states that can that are working on this important issue. Uh, right now, 27 states have got live calls for an Article 5. New Hampshire's got two new ones we just saw, and uh, I'll be up there to testify later on this uh, this week on it up there with some other folks. And uh, it's an ongoing thing, folks, But and I'm convinced that in spite of the money, the, uh, the absolute uh, unlimited access to the neocon radio and um, all the misinformed people that think this is a solution, all the emotional appeal, I think that we're going to, be able to prevail. Won't be easy though. And um, anyway, we got we got. So again, let me uh, recommend um, Camp Constitution um, 
our website, uh, campconstitution.net, and you will find the Sam Blumenfeld archives there. Uh, some great, um, some great reading and great listening, and uh, share it too, folks. Don't be stingy with this information. Get it out, po- copy and paste it. Let other people know uh, what's there. Some of it's there for the f- first time anywhere in the world. And I think uh, I know Sam didn't write this stuff just to store in a box. He wanted people to know what he had, what he thought, and what he believed. And um, and it's great research. It's not so much what he personally believed in his feelings, but the research, the stuff that he discovered, uh, and he was an incredible researcher. And also our wonderful summer camp program. Now, this camp is an all, it's a family camp. We have people of all ages, uh, families, moms and dads bring their little ones, their infants, their older adult children. Uh, We have unencumbered adults, um, uh, minors. Uh, It's a great program. We're well-supervised. It's a lot of fun. We learn a whole lot. We get to have fr- we make friends for life. It's in a wonderful environment. It's a comfortable. It's not you're not roughing it. You're in the woods. There's mosquitoes and and, and you might get a little sunburn. But uh, there's a lake there, and we're going to have a field trip to Concord, Lexington, Massachusetts. Some great historical. Uh, some people who know their history about that area will be that uh, the Patriot Pastor Garrett Lear, Tom Moore, Tricon Tom, Tom uh, Moore. Tricon Hat Tom, I should say, and uh, Mrs. Chris Ann Hall be one of the future instructors, and we just have a great time there. It's well worth it. And we tell people, if um, put in what you can, we'll cover the difference. Don't let the cost be a deterrent. And it's an all-volunteer association, and we have many people um, that like to help donate. And if you can't make it to camp and you like what we do, you like listening to the show, become a camp sponsor. Or if you don't have a business, maybe uh, it could be a, a local, maybe a group that you belong to. You can make a donation, and we'll put that group's um, contact information on our sponsor page. You know, and you notice we have sponsors from uh, different parts of the country, not just uh, New England. We get sponsors from uh, as far as I think Michigan, and I think we got someone down in uh, Alabama or Mississippi and Missouri and um, Ohio and Michigan and uh, all points in between. So uh, and the camp was po- made possible because of people like that who are generous and really appreciate what we do and in uh, in a small way impacting the lives of the people we not just that go to camp people listen to the show people that see our YouTube video people who come across us at homeschool shows or in parades so anyway I'm out of time thank you for listening God bless you until next week I am Hal Shirtliff Camp Constitution Radio. WBCQ The Planet and IPMNation.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.